0: Hello, friends. I have a new year's message for you, hoping that together we can all make changes affecting our mind, body, and spirit. It's a challenge of some sort, and I'm excited to share in this with you. We're going to discuss lifestyle changes and habit modification, because for most people over the last three years, detrimental habits were formed. Together, we will break that stronghold. We're going to start slow and build from there over the upcoming weeks with simple changes at first. Like for example, do you know what will happen to your body if you gave up sugar for two weeks? After I blew the whistle, not knowing what would happen to my nursing license, I took courses on health and life coaching and getting trained in functional medicine to have a more formalized approach to healthcare, moving away from the allopathic sick care system model. But first, it looks like we have another pandemic brewing. We're gonna get into all of that and more. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud, and I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. So in October of 2019, in New York City, Event 201 took place, which simulated a coronavirus pandemic. It was a three and a half hour pandemic tabletop exercise that simulated a series of dramatic scenario-based facilitated discussions, confronting true-to-life dilemmas associated with response to a hypothetical but scientifically plausible pandemic. They handled, they talk about myths and disinformation and social media's response to controlling it. Needless to say, what was happening in real life, was the coronavirus out of Wuhan, China, had already been on scene. And it it just, you know, for those of us that were paying attention, it just seemed ironic that this exercise would happen and then coronavirus would come in and we would go against every public health policy that we would know in order to facilitate this, what I have come to call a pandemic. So the exercise there, they had like a fictional news source and they would do reports on how the virus was doing and what kind of treatments. And of course, the vaccine was the saving grace, right? Of course. And now we have a new one that I just saw brought to you by the same people, which was uh, Johns Hopkins, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum. Now, this one talks about another virus coming out that's going to be called Well, I can't say going to be called, but if history is any indicator, this new virus called SEERS, S-E-E-R-S for short, stands for Severe Enterovirus Epidemic Respiratory Syndrome. And after listening to their fictional simulated predictions It looks like this one is going to affect children. 15 million children dying globally from it. Just to give you an example, um, or just to let you know, so far as of December 23rd, the WHO reports about 6 million deaths worldwide over the course of three years. So this one will be catastrophic, right? Um, the coronavirus. We didn't have our children being affected by it, really. Um, we didn't have children dying in droves. 15 million. I mean that's that's significant. And so I sit back and I wonder, how will people handle? the next pandemic will you shut down your businesses will you shut down the churches keep strip clubs open again concerts taking place put a mask back on that didn't do anything to begin with get another experimental vaccine Because even if they're creating one now for this next pandemic, is there still long term safety data on it? And we know with this COVID so called vaccine, the safety data that we have on it is alarming. And in my professional opinion, I believe it should be shut down. Um, There's safe treatment that we have wildly available. But the problem is, is that drug companies, they don't make money off of safe effective meds like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, because you can get them generic now. It's, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. And if we have an enterovirus, which is essentially a virus in the respiratory tract, That is going to be, that's going to affect a lot of people, right? We, you know, a virus that's in our GI tract, where 70% or more of our immune system comes from, it's going to be, we have to get our immune system in check, kind of like losing my words for a little, I don't know why, but we have to get our immune system in check. And so I want to talk about this today on what types of things we can do to get our immune system in check and how we're going to, you know, try to stop this from affecting us. Like COVID in the beginning, do you remember when they told us all where people were Washing their food, washing their mail, not touching anything. COVID wasn't a contact, what we call in healthcare, a contact um, transmitted. It was a respiratory virus that was aerosolized, which means that it's so small that it can stay suspended up in the air for days without proper ventilation, circulation. Or destruction technologies. Now, this one, if this were to come on people, it is going to affect us washing our food. We have to wash our food and stuff. We should be doing that anyway, washing your vegetables, you know, running it underwater, because an enterovirus is um, transmitted by fecal matter. And so I give you an example of. We have workers out in the fields that are picking these vegetables and stuff, and they don't have bathrooms, right? So if they go to the bathroom out there and they don't wash their hands, and then they pick the vegetables that we consume or fruits that we consume, that's how a lot of this is transmitted. It's also can be transmitted through droplets, which, you know, from an infected person, um you know people spitting when they're talking um that's why the coronavirus was different in that sense that yes it could be transmitted by droplets and that's the science that they use to tell people to put on a mask but a coronavirus is so small that it goes through a mask very very easily and so their whole mm, You know, scientific explanation, if you will, that it was droplet was just a bunch of bull in the beginning because they knew if they started saying it was aerosolized, we weren't going to be able to stop it. So, for example, um, a deadly disease that's aerosolized is tuberculosis. And that's why if somebody comes in the hospital with suspected tuberculosis, they're put in a negative uh, pressure room. And so, and they're isolated, and we would wear an N95 mask, because that stops it at 0.3 microns, uh, with 95 percent of efficacy, whereas a coronavirus is so small, like 0.1, so three times smaller, um, and the N95 is virtually useless. But, you know, I mean, here's the thing when that came on scene in 2020 i ask you like did you fear because i know that the media was pushing out propaganda um in my opinion it was pure propaganda from the beginning 24/7 death toll ticker you know repeated messaging stay home just hold up we're we're getting this life saving vaccine that we've never used before but we think it's going to work. Now, if a pandemic such as this Sears is predicted, that is literally people will be dying in the streets. I mean, that's, that's a lot of death that they're predicting. And may I also interject here and tell you Sears. So when I looked up Sears, S-E-E-R-S, It was interesting because I found that it is in the Bible and a seer is a prophet of some sort, someone that sees visions. And so I thought it was a very interesting word for them to choose predicting uh, a virus with this name, Um, you know, even even the whole naming of a virus prior to COVID If we had a virus that came on scene that was new, they would always name it with the location it was found. So, for example, the Spanish flu that we named it that. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. My mind just went blank again. I think I might need some sugar. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have given up sugar. Um, Oh my goodness. Why can't I think of the name? Anyway, just know that they're typically named for the location that they came from. So this one, uh, like COVID, it should have been named like uh, COVID Wuhan or something. Okay. Um, So even the whole naming, but they, they, decided not to use it because, you know, our whole country has gone woke. And they said that if they name it with Wuhan and China, that people would start um, discriminating against the Chinese. But I digress. I digress. Um, What's most important is to prepare ourselves in mind, body, and spirit. And so when I asked you, when COVID came on the scene, Did you fear? Was it something that was really scary to you? And for how long? How long did you stick with that emotion? Because for me, in March of 2020, when I heard that the whole world was shutting down, for me, that was very biblical, and it was prophetic. And I remember being a little girl Growing up in the church, like I've told you about, you know, before in my previous shows is that I've always heard biblical prophecy and end times prophecy, I should say. And so when I found out that the whole world was getting on board with this, um, I was like, oh, whoa! I'm supposed to pay attention to this part. So the first thing I decided to do was refuse to fear. Because what happens when we fear is we lose the ability to critically think because our emotion of fear and what could be and what will be starts getting the better of us. And we start losing our ability to properly assess situations. And, you know, I I think so many people. Uh, believers, well, I will say, Christian believers, they bow down to the altar of the government. And the fear-based propaganda that was pushed relentlessly, they succumb to. And so this is where faith comes in. You know, when when we have our faith, we know that in the Bible, you can look it up, because there's many verses, I believe something like over a hundred times, do not fear is listed in the Bible. And so when you see something that's being repeated like that, you have to ask yourself like, okay, well, the Lord does not want me to fear. So what do I need to do? And that is really choosing our faith. And so if we have our faith, I ask you this, are you living in your own will for your life? Are you living in the will of your pastor telling you what you should do, perhaps go on mission trips or your parents telling you to follow this path? Like, are you living in or in your own will? Like, I want this. I'm going to do this. And listen, goals are are something completely different than giving up ourselves and our physical body and saying, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done, not my own will. And so in 2020, when this happened with COVID, I had told the Lord, your will be done. I I can't do this anymore. I and this was in June. In June, I was so done with all the anti scientific policies and protocols that were being implemented that I literally was like, "Okay, I I don't want. I can't be in this healthcare system model, but." I was like, okay, Lord, use me, use me how you want. I want to live in your will for my life and not my own. I'm, I'm submitting. And I did. And every single day I would always, you know, wake up in the morning and be thankful, you know, at the time. And even today, I always wake up and say, thank you for keeping me happy, healthy, and free. Like those were the things that were important to me. And I wake up in the morning and I talk to the Father and I go to bed talking to him and I talk to him throughout the day because I want to make sure that I am in living in his will for my life and I am being guided by the Holy Spirit because anything less than that is not worth it for me. We are on this earth, each of us, for a short time. And from one second to the next could be our last breath. So I ask people like, you know, what are you doing on this earth? What are you doing? And what are you doing to further humanity or to be good and, and do the things, you know, that the Lord commands us to do, like love our neighbor, tell the truth, live in truth and speak our truth, those types of things. But, but that's good and all. I mean, that's we we need to be like that. But we have to live in the will of our Father. And so, you know, there's a, a scripture that comes to mind, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11. For the, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He created us before the foundation of the world. And as he states in Jeremiah 1.4, the Lord gave me, Jeremiah, this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So that leads me to ask you, are you doing what the Lord created you to do? Right. Because Jesus also says in Matthew 7, 21, 22, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? But Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. He also, he, he, he emulates his faith, right? And the garden of Gethsemane, like before he, he was slain in Luke twenty two forty two, 42, he says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then in Matthew 6, 9, Jesus tells us to pray this prayer. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So guys, I say this to you, like when we're in a true relationship with him, he will reveal to us what his will is. And if we have faith, we're going to execute it no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. Like I told you in June, 2020, I submitted to him and asked him to start leading me. I knew like in the pit of my soul, I knew that what was coming was prophetic. And for me, it's the last days, the end times, end times prophecy. And so, you know, when I asked him in June of 2020, to lead me, he would always show up. Even at the hardest times in the in the federal hospital with the Native Americans who lost seven years off of their lifespan through COVID, there were so many times where I, I just wanted to leave and just go picket at the reservation and let them know that there was help and there are doctors who are treating. And then he would bring somebody to me or a sign, or I would see something. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is the path you still want me on. I'm here. I'm here. And so in August of 2021, when he guided me to start recording what was happening in the hospital, I submitted and listened. There was a peace that came over me. That I knew that this is what I had to do. And so I I say to everybody, like, you know, many people know the voice of a religion, of their religion, but not the voice of God. We can't put God in a box, guys. And we surely cannot let our religious doctrine dictate our lives. You know, like in the Catholic religion, there's I hear a lot of people tell me, you know, that it's that Catholic guilt, that if they didn't say the prayer right, you know, they were doomed and they needed to ask for forgiveness. You know, I mean, I'm not getting into, you know, different religious theologies or anything, because, you know, I believe that now we're at a time In this world where the Lord is calling people out from all different walks of life and all different denominations and religions and race and creeds. And, you know, and and we're recognizing one another. So for me to have this platform to be able to speak to you about my faith with the knowledge that comes from me having my nursing degree. I I'm just so humbled to be on this journey with you guys and and I can't wait to continue it. So, you know, please, if if you guys want to reach out, um, please email me. Um, you can go on to Americaoutloud.com and um and go to nurses out loud and you can select from the drop-down um, which nurse host you want to, uh, send an email to and, um, email me. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know if this speaks to you. Let me know if you want to hear more. I mean, I, I have to, um, let y'all know that I have no degree in, uh, theology. I have never read the Bible in its entirety. Um, I, No scripture halfway. Um, Somebody starts saying the scripture. Most of the times I can finish it, but that's only because of my upbringing. Um, My parents had me in church all the time, but what I did always have was a love for Yeshua, Jesus. I have always loved him. And I, from the time I was a little girl, I mean, four or five I, I just remember loving him and asking him to come into my heart and, and he has, and, you know, I haven't been on, you know, what some would say a righteous path, but what I always have been is a good person. And I have always honored my relationship with him. And well, maybe some would say that I didn't always honor it. I mean, I was a teenage mom at 16 and, you know, I've done a lot in my life. Um, But when he called me, when he called me by name, I heard him and I listened. And this is where I am today. I've been on this path for a few years now. And uh, my commitment is to is to um, develop my relationship with him. And now it appears that the mission he gave me is sharing his word with you all. So for that, I'm super humbled and feel very blessed to be protected with everything that's going on uh, with all my lawsuits and, you know, looming things that could be considered fearful. Um, I have those feelings come into my heart and my mind and in my soul, but I immediately look to the Lord and I choose happy and that's where I am. So on this, after this break, we're going to come back and we are going to talk about what we can do to, um, help our physical self. We got the, we got the mind, uh and spirit part out of it, but on this other side, I'm going to tell you, um, what sugar does to all three of that. <laughs> Um, We do have some new shows that have launched. Uh, We have Paul Alexander, Liberty Hour. He will be on at 7 p.m. Eastern time and the Tom Wren show at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's very exciting. Tom Wrens is an attorney that has been actively helping people get early treatment in the hospital and so much more. So I cannot wait to um to hear what he has to say because that is going to be awesome going forward um to have an attorney speak some truth to us and we don't have to pay. <laughs> All right guys, we'll see you after the break. It's time On either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called CoFix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix Rx is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at CofixRx.com. It's time! All right, guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining me on Nurses Out Loud. I'm going to talk now about simple changes that we are going to start making. Okay. I did a poll on my Instagram on how much weight do you need to lose? And 45% said that they needed to lose between 40 and 60 pounds and 25% more than 60. So that number is so significant. And I'm actually ashamed to admit that I fall in that 60-pound category. It's, uh, golly, you know, I talk about in this first half of the program with my faith and, um, and really looking to God and choosing faith over fear. But, you know, what I did with food is I had a horrible relationship using food for comfort. And that started when I was a teenage mom with in a horrible relationship and food just became my comfort. I ate for comfort. And sadly, that like crept back up um, throughout COVID. Prior to that, prior to me becoming a nurse, um, this year I'll be a nurse for nine years. And when I was graduating nursing school at 39, I said to myself, I have got to take my health seriously. I mean, I'm not on any medications, thank God for that. But I was like, I can't be a nurse And go out and preach all of all of this stuff, like healthy lifestyle, healthy habits and look the way I do, you know, because as much as we want to say, like, I'm not into body shaming or anything like that. But if somebody is morbidly overweight and that doesn't take much to get into that category, you know, me at 60 pounds overweight, that's a category I'm in. And a lot of people don't believe it when I tell them how much I weigh, but I do weigh that much. And, you know, as we get older, our body is just not going to sustain that. So, you know, being massively overweight like that is just not good as we get older, and it starts to creep up on us. And so, you know, like I said, you know, with, in my journey with COVID, I mean, you know, they kind of normalized it and, and let everybody know, oh, it's okay. You put on the COVID 20, you know, everybody did, they shut down gyms and they, you know, stopped socialization and stuff like that. So I pretty much lived in my scrubs or in my yoga pants. And so it wasn't that easy to see the weight that was creeping on. And then after I blew the whistle, my whole schedule changed. I didn't have a schedule anymore. And so my days were spent, you know, helping people Um, from the moment I woke up essentially to the moment, you know, that I relaxed for the evening and had to put my phone away. But when that happened, I filled myself up with comfort food and, and I just lived in that mess. And now I, I look at myself and I don't even recognize myself. And I know that there's so many of you that can relate to that. And so I am putting my education and my training and I'm going to share my journey with you. And I hope that you join me in that mission. We are on a mission, guys, to live our best life. And while weight, you know, shouldn't affect your happiness, what does affect it is the foods we put in our body. And so when we're not putting in healthy foods and we're eating a processed food diet, we are sluggish. We get that initial little rush of pleasure because we're eating those horrible foods that we crave. And we're like, yeah. And then what happens after that? We crash and we crash hard. I can't tell you how many times I was invited out to go somewhere and I had just got done essentially binge eating. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. You know, that type of habit or that type of um, behavior doesn't happen when I am eating healthy. It doesn't because I have this sustained energy all day long and, you know, I have more energy. I'm using like more fat as fuel instead of carbohydrates and sugar as fuel. Um, And we're going to get into a little bit more of that later. But, you know, I am not a licensed provider. Um, I do have a lot of education, probably more than most physicians do on this uh, subject, because physicians, I've, I've talked to many of them and they said that they got like an hour lecture on nutrition in med school and that was it. So um, unless they educated themselves on, you know, nutrition and stuff like for me, getting my bachelor's degree, I had to complete a whole semester. And I'm not saying I'm an expert, but um, I do have to, for license purposes, state that this is all my opinion and none of this should be construed for medical advice. Um, Talk to your provider, someone that you trust, and see if what I'm going to tell you is um, appropriate for you and your situation. What I will say is what I'm going to tell you is appropriate for the vast majority of you. So let's start there. We're going to start with water and being hydrated. So our body is made up mostly of water. And for all of our organs to function properly and cells to regenerate, they need water. It also aids in metabolism, right? Like how well are you metabolizing your food? converting it to energy? Or is it being stored as fat? And it also helps with weight loss. Oftentimes, dehydration, the signs of dehydration, um, mimic the signs of hunger. And so if you are staying properly hydrated, if you get those hunger pains, the chances are your body's saying it's hungry and it wants to eat. But you have to make sure that you're hydrated in order to, you know, really be able to differentiate that. So WebMD suggests in general, you should try to drink between half an ounce and an ounce of water for each pound of each pound that you weigh. So for example, if you weigh 150 pounds, you would get 100 or 75 to 150 ounces of water a day. Okay. Um, I carry a water bottle with me and I fill it up. And so that's how I monitor my intake. I mean, I'm constantly just carrying it around. If I have to go to the store, it's, it's coming with me, you know, those kinds of things. I always have my water um, handy because it's very easy to get behind on, on water consumption. And when you have that dry mouth, you know, or your lips are dry or something like that's the first sign that you're dehydrated. So just know that if you feel thirsty, you're dehydrated, your body needs water. So you're already behind the ball on that. Um, So let's do that. That's something easy. That's something that um, we can start out with doing. I remember when I was working um, in the hospital, I bought off of Amazon a big old jug that had all of the water that I needed to drink for the day. And it actually had little, um, uh, like hours on there that said, okay, by 10 AM, you should have drank this much by noon. You should drink that much. And so that's a good resource. Also, I do like those bottles that have the big straw, um, it's a lot easier to get your water intake if the straw, the mouth of the straw is bigger. So that's a little tip. Um, and then guys, soda. Well, I don't call it soda. I'm from Midwest, but I'm going to call it for <laughs> soda pop for all you listeners. Um, we just would say pop, but soda pop, Coca-Cola, Mountain Dew, um, all of those we need to, uh, we need to eliminate, well. I don't want to say eliminate drastically reduce that consumption. Okay. I, I don't think we should really eliminate anything um, because we we are living and we should live, but you know, some people just, you know, they can't handle not drinking, you know, a six pack, of pop a day. So I say, just start to cut back. If you can eliminate it, you're already ahead of the game. I I drink a pop every now and again, like if I have a cheeseburger or um, I'm having pizza. I associate a Coke with that, and um, and then I'll have that. And if I have the option, I'm going to get the um Coke from Mexico because that's uh, made with cane sugar and not the um, high fructose corn syrup that we have here in America. So, um try to eliminate your pop or greatly reduce it and, um, start as soon as you hear this. Okay. Uh, i wanted to get this message out prior to new year's because I didn't want to be so cliche, but, um, I started, I started this three days ago. Um, and so I'm feeling much better. I have more energy. Um, and that I think is due to the next one which is stop eating sugar. We got to stop eating sugar, right? Um, If you know anything about sugar, I I say sugar's the devil. Uh, It's horrible for us. It's horrible for our body, the way we're consuming it. Um, You know, Dr. Eric Berg, I really like him. He has a lot of videos on YouTube. And so he talks about fasting, which I think that there's a lot of benefit in, in that I don't think our bodies were designed to eat every few hours. However, there are a multitude of ways to eat. And so throughout these next few weeks, I'm going to be discussing some of them with you. And you can also follow me on my Instagram at Jody O'Malley RN. And I will be <clears throat> uploading um, daily my journey um, with what I'm doing. So I digress. Anyway, um, sugar. I'm going to tell you, here are a few things that you will notice in just a few days. Um, most of the stuff you'll you'll feel within a few days. But, but here's what will happen if we stop eating sugar for two weeks. Number one, we lose the appetite for sugar. Because every time we consume sugar, a hormone comes in there and pushes the sugars down, causing a low blood sugar situation. And when we have low blood sugar, our body craves sugar. So it's kind of like this roller coaster, right? And depending on how much sugar you consume, um, you know that the crash after it, it's it's not long lasting. Um, it's not long lasting because our brain, if it has a choice, it's going to consume sugar first. Okay. And so when we put sugar in, or when we eat sugar, our brain uses that as fuel first, and then whatever's left over is turned to fat. And so that's why if you're on, um, a high sugar diet it's really hard to lose that excess fat. Okay. Number two, you're going to be less hungry. So it's the sugar that keeps us hungry all the time, right? And giving up the sugar will stabilize our blood sugars. Number three, less fatigue. Like I said, less fatigue, especially after eating a meal. We are not going to have those, you know, crashes that come with it, the highs and the lows. Um, So you're going to have more sustained energy. And the reason for this is, like I said, the first thing that the body is going to burn as fuel is sugar. And the second thing it will burn if sugar isn't there is fat. And that's why when you have a low carbohydrate diet, especially one that's low in um, sugars, your body tends to use the fat as a fuel source. So like a, a carbohydrate is equivalent to four calories. Okay. And a fat gram is nine calories. And so you can see when people are on these, you know, low sugar diets that the body will use the fat and that's how, you know, the weight loss occurs, which leads me to number four, lose excess water and fat. So for the first week, we're going to dump a lot of our excess water and then we'll burn the fat. Um, Number five, enhanced mood and improved cognitive function. Again, that's why I say like more focus and concentration. And that's because our body is using the fat, which is more sustainable and it's long-term and it doesn't come with the highs and the lows. Um, So number six, skin looks better. We'll see glowing skin with less acne. And, you know, a lot of people are like your skin, well, your skin is an organ, right? And when you see people that typically have that round puffy face, um, it's, it's due to a high sugar diet, just like the belly, somebody that has like a, a bigger belly. And um, you can probably be safe to assume that they have fatty liver. Um, because the fat has to go somewhere. So it kind of surrounds your organs and, and with that, um, you know, we'll we see a decrease in our abdominal circumference with that. So that's a good one, right? Everybody wants their skin to look good and glowing. So if you're hydrated and you're not eating sugar, uh, you'll see those changes very quickly. Number seven is less stiffness. So less stiffness, you ask. Why less stiffness, would you think? That's because sugar is inflammatory. It's extremely inflammatory. I don't know if you knew that. It's interesting. Um, Yeah. And and you know what else? Cancer likes sugar. When, when somebody is suspected of having cancer and they do a PET scan, um, that they are injected with a glucose sugar solution and whatever lights up on there um, is where the cancer is. That's because, you know, the glucose is gone through the bloodstream and then wherever the cancer is, is lit up because the cancer is feeding off of it. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, we don't want to have cancer. And if we eliminate sugar from the diet, we also, you know, limit cancer's ability to thrive. So less stiffness is called for less inflammation. What else happens is when sugar isn't converted, um, by the body for fuel, Right, because we have such a high excess diet of sugar. It it goes somewhere and it goes into our arteries and plaque starts forming, right? Our our joints, our joints are, are um stiffer, and maybe we don't see as well. Maybe we have tingling in the hands and the toes. And so you ask, why would you have tingling in the hands and toes? So I'm going to explain to you how I would explain it to my patients when I talk to them about why do we care about blood sugar? Why do we care about those numbers of less than a hundred upon awakening on our AccuCheck machine, you know, for a normal, healthy individual? Um, we want to see a fasting blood sugar of less than a hundred. And why is that? Well, because sugar is supposed to stay in the cell, but when we have too much sugar, it goes into the bloodstream. And that's why we're able to pick up that number on an check. okay? So follow along with me here. Um, I usually show people visually, but I want you to visualize this. So I tell people, I point to our abdominal area. And I say, right here, all of our organs and our body's job is to protect those organs. If it had a choice, it's going to get rid of our arms and our legs and it's going to protect our organs. Also, our organs have larger blood vessels that are attached to it. So as we go outward peripherally from our body, so now, visualize me showing you from the belly moving out to the arms and down to the legs and the toes. Our blood, um, our vasculature gets smaller, right? So in our abdominal area, we have larger, larger um, vasculature to fund or to keep our Organs going. But as we go out, it gets smaller and smaller into what we call capillaries. So at our fingers, that's the smallest. Our blood vessels are. And our toes, those are the smallest. Our eyes are very small. So what happens when somebody has consumed a lot of sugar over time and all of that inflammation? it gets into our bloodstream and it makes it hard. So think like hard, like sugar candy, okay? Um, And then once it gets hard, then it stops a proper blood flow. And when we don't have good blood flow, we get that tingling, that numbness. Also think of it like this. You know how when you're sitting for a long period of time, or you're laying down for a long period of time and you're like on your side, on your hip, and your body tells you like, "Ooh, that's uncomfortable move. It's telling you that because blood flow is not going there anymore. It's starting to be limited. And with diabetes, it's limited because those artery or those capillaries are what they call sclerosed. And that's why you start seeing people having to amputate their toes, and then it moves up to their ankle or below the knee amputation, or they start going blind. That's because over time, sugar has affected the blood flow. And so guys, we we need to keep that in mind, right? We don't want a diet high in sugar. Our brain cells grow when we have, when we're quitting sugar and it cleans out the fatty liver. So like I said before, with the increase in abdominal area, you can probably be safe to assume that you have a non-alcoholic fatty liver from sugar. Um, So there's also better kidney function as well. And, and that's why also too, like, you know, with hydration and a proper blood flow, um, our kidneys affect our blood pressure. So we we have to keep all of that in mind. Our body is such an intricate, amazing, amazing creation that God gave us. And so I hope with that, um, those little tips or whatever, it will make you start thinking about sugar. And so lastly, well, not lastly, um, I also want to talk about reading a food label. So a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'm not having cakes. I'm not having pie. I won't get my candy and I will give up my pop. Okay. But I need you to look at the food labels on the back, the nutrition labels. So take, for example, carb balance. I want, I want you to talk, learn about this. So if you look on the back of, um, a label, you're going to see, you're going to see, um, total carbohydrates. And so, for example, a flour tortilla made by mission carb balance, uh, one tortilla is 70 calories but we're not worried about calories right now. I just want to talk about sugar. So carbohydrates on here list 19 grams. Then underneath it, it says total sugars zero and includes added sugars zero. This is what you need to look at, okay? You need to, when you are picking out something to eat, hopefully we're eating more of a whole food diet and not processed but if you do reach for something, um, look at the sugar count on that. And also know that, um, that the sugars are added all the time, especially when something says low fat, it's low in fat, but they add more sugar to make it taste better. So it's that that's a topic for another discussion. And our time is almost running short. Um, Oh, I I knew that I was going to get on this subject, (laughs) um, but also, so look at the added sugar and next week we'll talk about fiber. Okay. And lastly, what I challenge you to do is to move. I want everybody to move. Um, even if it's for five minutes twice a day, um, if you're not used to moving and you have had a sedentary lifestyle, Um, It's going to seem impossible, but I tell you this, and I promise you that once you start eliminating the sugar and you have better cognitive function, more energy, um, you are going to want to move. So get up, put on your favorite song and dance for five minutes. All right. I'm setting my goal for 30 minutes, five days a week. Um, I've done an hour the last three days each day, um, but 30 minutes minimum of moving with a a elevated heart rate, dancing. If you're chair bound or you're so, you know, you're big and you, you know, haven't moved in a while, move your arms, dance in your chair. Okay, guys. I hope this information helps you. We are six strong nurses, not afraid to engage in this battle. We want to empower and encourage others to do the same. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily. No topic is off limits, as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and this.